Welcome to the recap, the part of Pastoring Out Loud where we recap the previous week's sermon and uh, just talk about it a little bit more in depth. So I'm here with Haddon Anderson. Hi, Haddon. Hi, Nick. Uh, you just preached. We're actually recording this on Sunday, right after the sermon, so it's very fresh in our minds because um, we're going to be out of town this next week. So thought we'd just get it done right after service. <laughs> um, so thanks for preaching. My pleasure. Uh, it was uh, an amazing sermon, amazing text. Um, can you just give us, like the like the title of the podcast says, a recap of this sermon, just the ba- basic points of where you went, what yeah. you said. Yeah, it's it's really an amazing passage of scripture. Um, it starts, first of all, with Abram and Sarai realizing we've been waiting a long time for God to keep his promises of a son, and that son hasn't come yet. And so Sarai suggests that, Hag- that Hagar, her slave woman, essentially, be used as a surrogate mother to um, so, so that they can have this promised child. And in doing that, Abram was acting in unbelief. He was not trusting God to fulfill his promises. He was thinking as though God needed help to keep his promises. Mm -hmm, And so that just led to a disaster. So then secondly, um, the turning point of the story comes when Hagar has run away from home and the angel of the Lord appears to her in the wilderness. And really what what the angel of the Lord does is he uh, reveals the character of God to Hagar. And Mm -hmm. he shows himself to be generous and gracious um, he says, the Lord has listened to your affliction. Um, and so what you see there is that because God is gracious and tender-hearted toward afflicted people, that Hagar can go back home and, and give birth to this baby in Abram's house. And this boy is going to have uh, innumerable offspring. Mm-hmm. And you see really that mm-hmm. The Lord is a trustworthy God because of his character, because his heart is full of mercy and, and compassion. So the, the chapter ends with um, the son being born. Uh, God is keeping his word, keeping his promises. And so you can see really in contrast to Abram, who didn't trust God to keep his promises, and that led to, led to disobedience. It, the text really encourages us that God does keep his promises, even when it seems unlikely and impossible. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we can trust in this God. Right. Yeah, that's so good. Um, is there anything in the text that maybe if you had more time, you would have liked to develop a little more or that something that you just had to leave out? Anything like that? Yeah. You know, back in chapter 15, um, and Daniel preached on this a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> it says in verse 6 that Abram believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. And of course, right. that text is quoted multiple times in the New Testament. Um just showing that God justifies us by faith alone. Mm-hmm. And in Romans 4, uh, Paul talks about how God justifies the ungodly mm-hmm. as he's talking about Abram. And you see here, Abram is ungodly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. And And you see still though that he, he is one of God's justified people. Nevertheless, um, his salvation is not called into question. And, and so I think there's encouragement that we don't need to clean ourselves up before we come to God, mm-hmm. but we can come to, come to him as ungodly people and... If we put our faith in Jesus, we are justified. And I, th- I think there's also uh, a realistic uh, picture here that God's saints mm-hmm. struggle with unbelief and yeah. sin. Yep. And, and God is still faithful to us in, in spite of that. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I kept thinking about that during the sermon and just the, the process of progressive sanctification mm-hmm. and yep. how, you know, you're justified, it was credited to him as righteousness, and then we're not 
completely holy. Yeah. You know, right away. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, so praise God that he is merciful and gracious to mm-hmm. walk with us in the ups and downs of our faith. And, Amen. Um, so yeah, that was so good. Uh, something that I thought was interesting, you, you know, you just touched briefly on different views of the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you didn't really come down on a side. You said this is, you know, some people think it's an angel. <laughs> some people think it's God. Some people think it's pre- pre-incarnate Christ. Do uh-huh. you have a, a, an, a, a leaning on that? Or? Yeah. I would lean toward it being a manifestation of God himself. Okay. Um, likely mm-hmm. uh, the pre-incarnate Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because, uh, well, for, for one thing, in verse 13, Hagar says, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Um, and, hmm. she's, and she mm-hmm. says uh, to the Lord, you are a God of seeing. And so it seems like she's talking to him as though this is the Lord himself. Sure. Um, and I think there are a few other texts in, in the Old Testament like Exodus three, where yeah. uh, Moses is at the burning bush, and That's the angel what of the I was Lord, of. Yep. yeah, mm-hmm. the yep. angel of the Lord speaks, and then it says, "And the Lord said." So it seems like the angel of the Lord is the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and even that idea of uh, the angel of the Lord being a messenger um, sure. seems to go, it seems to fit really well with Christ, perhaps mm-hmm. being God and yet in some way distinguished from God the Father. And, and being the word who brings the message of salvation. Um, so that's where I would lean toward, but I certainly wouldn't be dogmatic about it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, the only other question that I had uh, is sometimes people point to this text um, as kind of like the, you could trace the the lineage of the mm-hmm. of Islam. Oh, right. Um, and, and so do you, do you, is there, do we have anything, did you think about that when you were preparing? Do you know anything about that? Is that a legitimate, you know, right? what do we know about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So Islam itself didn't begin until the seventh century Mm -hmm. AD, uh, with Muhammad, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the Arabs do claim that their lineage goes back to Ishmael. Okay. Um, I don't believe that you can prove that one way or another. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't think that that's something that you can say. No, that's that's impossible. That mm-hmm. it's just not the case, or that you can say, "Oh, yeah, that's that's firmly uh, established in history." Sure. I think it's just something that is a claim made by Islam, which mm-hmm. may or may not be true. Yeah, and I I just thought about it during the sermon because of the promise to Hagar that mm-hmm. her offspring will be numerous, right? You know, and so that just brought that to mind. Yeah, so that's good. All right. Well, I think that's it. So thanks, thanks Nick. yeah, thanks so much for preaching, Hadnu. It was a it was a blessing. Oh, thanks, brother. My pleasure.